MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to My Guys in the Desert. I'm Dave Ross in for Stormy Bonatoni today. We've got a great show for the next hour for you right here on VEASAN. Adam Burke is standing by. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL draft in Major League Baseball and beyond. We're going to have Tim Doyle join us from CBS Sports and NBA TV. Talk about the NBA playoffs with Timmy. And Ben Wilson is going to join us in the last hour, in the last segment of the last hour. Uh, And I'm going to ask Ben about the USFL because... I have to admit, I haven't watched anything from it, but Ben's got some angles and maybe a team in a lean today to make you some money. But we have to get to the top five stories you need to know today. And of course, here in Las Vegas, it's all about the NFL draft. A wild first round with all the trades that we saw last night in round number one. But maybe the biggest move that we saw and the biggest surprise was, okay, we had six wide receivers go. We kind of expected that, right? Didn't hit the the seven so maybe if you middled it at five and a half is where it opened and then it went up as high as six and a half you've got that number at six you might have won both ways there but i think the biggest surprise to many was that there was only one quarterback selected in the entire first round of course that was kenny pickett and the pittsburgh steelers didn't have to move at all they went right there at 20 and they got their guy from the university of pittsburgh to go right there and make the short walk uh to play for the pittsburgh steelers that means malik willis will more than likely assume go early in round two today when you look at what we might see in the second round today as we get that ready to go here in a couple hours here in Las Vegas. 
Now, that wasn't the only big surprise that we had a, a low number of quarterbacks to go and a high number of wide receivers. But what about the trades that were actually made? And I'm not just talking about the number of trades, but big time names. If your name was Brown and you were a wide receiver, you might have gotten traded yesterday because Marquise Hollywood Brown, he was traded from the Ravens uh, in the 100th overall pick to the Cardinals in exchange for Arizona's first rounder. And Lamar Jackson, not very happy about that move. And he posted this on Twitter, WTF. I can't tell you what that stands for. I'm sure you can figure it out. He and Hollywood Brown, of course, are boys. But now Hollywood Brown goes to his old boy. That would be Kyler Murray as they were teammates at Oklahoma. They would be reunited out there in the desert. But maybe the biggest shocking move of the day in round one was that the Titans sent A.J. Brown to the Eagles in exchange for the 18th overall pick. And then the Titans turned that into another wide receiver, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. A lot of comps with Burks uh, to A.J. Brown, but good luck matching that productivity. Now, the reason why they made that move is because A.J. Brown wanted a new deal. He immediately got it. A big-time extension, $100 million for A.J. Brown to go to Fly Eagles Fly. And because of that, the Eagles and their odds shifted quickly after that trade, going from 45-1 to to win the Super Bowl down to 35 to one. So all of a sudden you get an A receiver, a number one receiver in Philadelphia. Devontae Smith, of course, won the Heisman Trophy last year coming out of Alabama. It looks like Fly Eagles Fly might have some offensive firepower. I mentioned that Malik Willis did not go in the first round. So the big news today is where is he going to go in round number two? How about some odds here at DraftKings? The Seahawks have a couple picks coming up here in the second round. They are three to one. To get this done and you see all the teams on this list here and i'll talk about this with adam burke here momentarily when you look at these teams none of them really the saints james winston's back one year deal right titans got a wide receiver playing quarterback in ryan Tannehill. they don't necessarily look to him to be the long-term answer although he's been there now for a little while down there in tennessee and then you look at marcus mariota at atlanta six to one that Blake willis could go there same thing with jared goff not married to him in that contract in detroit they could easily walk there. Danny Dimes in New York right now, 7-1 to to go to New York. Well, what's up with Danny Dimes? Daniel Jones, they did not pick up his fifth-year option. So, yeah, he's going to be back this year. That does not mean that they are married to him long-term. The Commanders, 10-1. to Carson Wentz is there. You go, well, now they got Carson Wentz. Well, wait a minute. Remember, he was on a one-year deal last year in Indianapolis, and they exited stage right from him. So, it doesn't mean that these guys are going to be there long-term. So, those are the odds on favorites right now. The Commanders, 10-1. to and then the Buccaneers at 10 to 1 also to get Malik Willis because Tom Brady, one year deals, keeps saying he might be done. If so, what a perfect understudy you would think to have Tom Terrific for one year and maybe turn the keys over. So we'll find out where Malik Willis goes in day number two. How about to the NBA and things you need to know from last night? How about the Sixers? They looked like the Sixers that had that 3 0 lead, then they lost two. Was Doc Rivers going to be the first guy ever to go from 3 0 and lose a series? Nope, didn't happen. 132 to 97. My goodness, they look good. They covered easily here. And now they're going to move on to take on the Miami Heat, the number one seeds. Miami right now, interesting at DraftKings. Minus 165 favorites against the Sixers. Sixers plus 135 in the series line. If you think that Joel Embiid could present some problems, we'll find out how Miami tries to handle the big man if he steps away from the basket or they're going to try to play him with his back to the basket. How about the Suns? They took care of business last night as well. Out West had to come from behind and do it, and they did it in grand style, 115-109, covering that three-and-a-half number. Really the story of the day. Look at Chris Paul, 33. Not the points. 14 
of 14. They got Devin Booker back, kind of limited role there. Did have 32 minutes, but only 13 points. But still, Chris Paul with a historic night to close that one out. Next up for Phoenix, another team that won last night, the Mavericks. And they finished off the Jazz, easily covering the one and a half. They won by two. 98-96. They are now 230 underdogs in the second round against those Suns. The Suns right now minus $3 to advance. It could be a very interesting series. Luka looks like he's finally back and being healthy. Almost a triple-double, 24-9-8 last night. And then Jalen Brunson, that tag team right there, pretty darn good for the Mavericks. Now, tonight, what could happen this evening? While well, the Grizzlies trying to finish off their series against the T-Wolves. This one on the road in the land of a thousand lakes. Minnesota right now, a point and a half favorite to get that done. The total, 229 and a half. Look at the splits that we're seeing here at DraftKings. All the money and the handle right now. Looks like they're coming in on Memphis to get this done and, uh, and close this one out as they're getting that point and a half. 77% of the handle and 70% of the bets are on the Grizzlies. And the under right now has been taking a lot of the money here, 228 and a 64% and 64% of the bets, both on that side and total going under the posted limit there of 228 and a half. Uh, let's bring in Adam Burke now to talk more about uh, everything that we just discussed there. And certainly, Adam, when you look at the NFL draft, I wonder what your biggest takeaways are from day number one. And again, I was on the under quarterbacks taken of three, and I felt like no more than three could go. I was surprised it was only one. Did that surprise you? Because we heard so much about you want to get control, that fifth-year option for the quarterbacks. Only one is going to be under control for potentially five years, and that's Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I think it was a really big surprise. And, and look, I think Malik Willis goes very, very quickly tonight. I think that's something that will happen, and, and maybe that's why the Giants didn't pick up that fifth-year option on Daniel Jones, expecting to have their pick of Willis, Ritter. Maybe they really like Matt Corral. I don't know. But you know, we're so accustomed to seeing teams reach for quarterbacks yeah. in the draft, and it didn't happen this year. Kind of a breath of fresh air, but also, you know, we were talking with John Galea, our program director, before mm-hmm. we came on the air, and you guys were talking about Miami and everything that they did to surround Tua with a bunch of weapons. Philadelphia is doing the same thing with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You got Devontae Smith, you've got AJ Brown. It's almost like teams are just sort of going, you know what? Let's just surround our quarterback with a ton of talent, give him no excuses, and see what we can figure out. I saw the Browns do it with Baker Mayfield. They've surrounded him with a ton of talent. Turns out he's probably not going to be the guy. But I think teams are starting to do that now. They want three or four options at wide receiver, a really good tight end, a good running game if you can get it. Obviously, the offensive line helps. But it's almost like they're trying to give you know marginal quarterbacks all the possibilities to succeed. So teams would rather do that. They'd rather go out and get wide receivers and tight ends as opposed to taking that quarterback and hoping for the best. You know, I mentioned some of the, the teams potentially in play from Malik Willis today. And again, you have to do a little bit of the homework as to you can understand why those favorites, certainly on the left side, make more sense because it doesn't feel like there's a quarterback there that potentially is going to be there long-term, right? They're all replaceable guys. That's the way we feel. Would the Buccaneers potentially be in play? I don't look at the Texans because I think they like Davis Mills, their their pick from a year ago. It feels like it stops for me at the 10 to one number with either the Buccaneers, if they're going to move on finally from Tom Brady or he's going to move on from them or the commanders. And we figure out what's up with Carson Wentz. Or do you think it is on that left side of the ledger? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting because you have some of those teams that are going to be in play for a guy like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young next year. So if you're the Texans, why would you bother taking Malik Willis now when you might have a shot at C.J. Stroud next year or possibly Bryce Young? Seahawks may be the same thing. I mean, they could very well bottom out here this upcoming season. I don't think that Malik Willis makes it past 35 or 36, which is Tennessee and the Giants. Mm. I think for Tennessee, you talked about it already, Ryan Tannehill is – 
a nice stopgap type of player. Yeah. He's a guy who can run an offense well when he's got the running game that he has with Derrick Henry. I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that can go out there and single-handedly win you a game. And we kind of saw that last year with Derrick Henry out. It was the defense that kind of carried the Titans, having a massive turnaround from the year prior. And for the Giants, as I just mentioned, and as you mentioned in the open there, they're not keeping Daniel Jones. No. So is Malik Willis that guy? Do they think they're maybe in play for Stroud or Young or somebody else next year? For me, I think if I'm them, I, I maybe take the shot on Malik Willis here. So I don't think he makes it to 40 where Seattle is, despite them being the favorite on the board. So again, you know, you do look at some of those scenarios there. And I know a lot of people think that Ryan Tannehill, you know, again, he's an athletic quarterback, kind of like Malik Willis. The height might be a question now. And and that was a surprising thing that I don't think enough people talked about. Because Baker Mayfield not getting that fifth-year option, Kyler Murray questions out there in Arizona, former number one pick overall. I wonder if we're having a little height discrimination now against quarterbacks in the NFL. And I can understand why, if you see these guys that were both number one picks in Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield for different reasons, maybe not having those, uh, certainly with Baker having those options picked up. Do you think people scared away a little bit of that? I think it's a possibility. I think one of the problems with Baker is he's not mobile enough. I think if you're small, you have to be mobile. Yeah. And that's the thing about a Malik Willis. He is not the biggest kid, but he's very, very mobile, very athletic. That's maybe a skill set that teams will kind of like. You know, like the Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. two is not super mobile, but, you know, he can escape a little bit of pressure. I think that's just kind of the trend in the NFL right now. All right, when we come back, talk more NFL draft with Adam Burke, and also uh, we'll go ahead and talk a little Major League Baseball and NBA as well. So come on back. It is my guys in the desert. I'm in for Stormy today. Dave Ross here at Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Rather, we are back after a very short break. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the Nikki Glaser podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connected Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of 45000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Back alongside I am, uh, Adam Burke, I am Dave Ross. This is my guys in the desert. And let's talk a little bit more about the NFL draft because I know there was a couple teams and players that you liked in what you saw in that first round. Tyler Linderbaum, uh, Linderbaum rather, looks like a Raveny pick, right? A guy that I don't know if he's going to play center or guard, but you really like this move by the Ravens. Yeah, and I think Kyle Hamilton looks like a very Raveny pick Boy, as well. He? And and you know that was one of my big takeaways. I was actually texting with a buddy of mine back home about this that like teams that are well run organizations that are smart <laughs> and consistently perform at a high level show it every year almost at the NFL draft. They do. And and Baltimore did it. You know, I know Marquise Brown, I know Lamar Jackson was upset about it. We saw the WTF tweet and all of that. Look, the reality is you're a run first offense. You have an inaccurate quarterback, an inaccurate passer. And yeah, Hollywood Brown was a thousand yard receiver. He was one of 26 thousand yard receivers last year, had the sixth lowest catch percentage because it's just not a high percentage throw for Lamar Jackson to Hollywood Brown. Right. So you get an interior lineman to help out with protection and also help open holes for that running game. You get Kyle Hamilton when you've had some injury attrition in the back seven on defense. Just so smart. Teams like Baltimore yeah. are just remarkably smart. And I also thought the Chiefs moving up to get Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really the two top corners in Stingley and Gardner that everyone was looking at. And that third guy was, you know, probably McDuffie. And the Chiefs need help in the back seven. They know it. Everybody knows it. So they trade up to get it. And they're willing to trade that currency of later picks because they're so good at developing talent, having an eye for talent in the free agent markets and all of that. It's just it's remarkable to watch these really smart teams operate. Yes. And I think Baltimore and Kansas City are two of the smartest. Okay, Adam, I can't believe I'm about to say this to you, but 
as a Cowboy fan, somebody wants to play the Cowboys, I've seen around a minus dollar twenty-five to win the NFC East. I look at what the rest of the teams in the East did, and I went, oh, wait a minute. When you look at the Giants, and you know we don't talk about competence and the NFL draft in the same sentence with the Giants, but I think you can make the argument with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal going five and seven. Both those guys at different points could have been projected to be number one picks. And they get both those guys in a Thibodeau that might have been a year ago, but now here he falls to five. And Neal, at the beginning of this draft process, some people had him as the number one pick at offensive tackle. What do you make of the Giants? And now they are kind of picked now to finish dead last still in the East. Does that change your perception of them? Uh, to a degree. I mean, the problem is the quarterback position for them. You know, now you've got a lame duck there in Daniel Jones that mm-hmm. everyone knows you're going to move on from. So you wonder, you know, like as I talked about, do they draft a Malik Willis? He sits for five, six weeks. Then all of a sudden you turn the keys to the car over and let him go. But it's one of those things where Dave Gettleman was obviously in over his head. It yep. wasn't a good hire. You know, you had the reach for Daniel Jones. You had some of the other decisions that they've made. You bring in a new regime. You bring in a new front office. And it's nice to see. It's refreshing to see that they're willing to cut the cord with some of the guys that they either overdrafted or shouldn't have gotten or something like that. That gives you hope, right? As a Giants fan, it gives you hope. It does. And you've got a guy who was the assistant GM of the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, we've seen what they've been able to build over the last few years. Mm -hmm. It's a really positive development. And that's something for me as a Browns fan, when they kind of change their regime and, you know, they have the current regime that they have now, they started making these smarter decisions on draft day. And it just, everything helps fall into place as a result. So I agree with you. I think it was a very positive day for the Giants organization and their fan base. It didn't make me happy at all. Uh, Drake London might have been a surprise to, to some as the first wide receiver selected. He went eight to the ATL, and I know a lot of people thought Garrett Wilson would be the number one uh, wide receiver off the board, and then the Jets get him at 10. What would you make of that small flip-flop there at the top of the board? I thought it was interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll readily admit I'm a Buckeyes fan, so I'm, I'm very biased. And By the way, Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba might be the best of the three, wow. and he'll be taken next year. Yep. But – you know, Garrett Wilson is just his ability to create separation at the line is so impressive. The problem is, I don't know if Matt Ryan can get the ball to him. Mm. So maybe they were kind of looking at Drake London as a guy that they can use as a little bit more of a downfield threat, you know, something like that. Kind of look to stretch out those safeties and the linebackers with London and also Kyle Pitts. But they're also a team that, you know, look, they're surrounding Matt Ryan with a lot of talent, but. How much gas is left in that tank, Dave? I think that's a big question. Well, now Mariota taking over there in the right. ATL, so we'll see. Because you're right, Matt Ryan in oh, Indianapolis. Sorry, Matt, that's but, right. But that's the thing. Like People are saying in Indianapolis, like, how much does he have left? It might be a one-year deal. We talked about that. That's what Carson Wentz just went through in Indianapolis, right? You know, they, hey, he's going to be one year out. So if right. it doesn't work out with Matty Ice in, in, in Indianapolis and or Marcus Mariota, I think the same thing rings true in the ATL. It doesn't mean that Drake London's of the world are going to be saddled with some of these quarterbacks that we might have question marks about today. Uh, By the way, you can see how much I'm into baseball season that I, I completely know. forgot about the Matt Ryan trade. I think some other people would like to forget that too. Uh, let's talk about some of your plays <laughs> that you have in Major League Baseball today. Because uh, again, we're going to have Ben Wilson on later on uh, in this program. And I know you said, hey, go and light those Cubs today against the Brew Crew. What's the rationale there? Yeah, so look, one of the things I wrote about this week in Point Spread Weekly was talking about handicapping bullpens and, and the importance of doing that. And the Brewers' bullpen is running on fumes right now. Mm. They're off to a very, very good start. They're 13-7 and seven to start the year. The problem is, in those 20 games, Josh Hader has already pitched 10 times, and he has 10 saves. So Hader has pitched for the last six days. Devin Williams has pitched back-to-back days. Brad Boxberger has pitched back-to-back days. Brent Suter and Hobie Milner both pitched yesterday. They have a lot of guys right now in that bullpen that have some fatigue concerns, I think. And Adrian Hauser is a guy that walks a lot of batters, pitches to contact, 
may not work that deep into this game today for the Brewers. So I think the Cubs are at an advantage in the later innings for this one. So I went ahead and thought, you know what? I think that's worth the plus money price. I know Kyle Hendricks is kind of all over the place throughout the season, and mm-hmm. you know, last year wasn't a great one for him either. But this Cubs offense is really good. Top five against right-handed pitching. They get a righty here today. I just felt like that plus money price was worth a shot here for the Cubs. Adam, it's interesting handicap, too, from this perspective. It feels like because you're assuming Hayter won't be able to go, right, because he's, he's a little bit uh, worn out, that maybe the first five isn't the smartest play, and mm-hmm. you might want to do the full game bet to get to that bullpen. Is that the idea? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know that's one of the areas where I can get an advantage in the MLB market, and I wrote about this in Point Spread Weekly, is you know if you can handicap the bullpen and you can handicap usage and see who's available and who's not, kind of put yourself in the minds of the manager, because also Josh Hader does not pitch in tie games very often, and right. he never pitches when the team is behind. So if they're behind by a run late in the game, they don't play to keep it there. They kind of play the long game. They sort of play for longevity with their bullpen. So it could allow the Cubs to get some insurance runs, stuff like that. So that's why I think the full game is is definitely worth more of a look here than the first five. That's a great handicap because, again, there are some managers that like to bring in their closers in tie situations. I know a lot of fans go, oh, no, never seems to work out. So, again, just a little food for thought there. Maybe don't dabble necessarily on the first five, but maybe take the Cubs in the entire game. Let's talk about the, the Braves and the Rangers today and maybe a lean that you have in this one. Yeah, I got a pick in this one, too. I, I like the Atlanta Braves in this game today. And, you know, look, I think Ian Anderson is really, really good. He's off to a little bit of a rough start here so far this year and didn't pitch well against Cincinnati, which is something that the stink of a bad start against a bad <laughs> offense sticks with you for a very long period of time. And he walked five in that game, didn't look particularly sharp. But I think Ian Anderson is a really, really good starting pitcher. He's got 11 strikeouts in his last 10 and two-thirds, so he's kind of stabilized a little bit. And... The Rangers are using an opener and then a bulk pitcher. So they're using longtime starter Garrett Richards to open the game, then using Spencer Howard to be the bulk reliever and try to make up, you know, maybe three, four innings, something like that. Sure. But Spencer Howard's a guy, home runs are down this year in, in a significant way. He's already given up five home runs in five innings. Ten of his 14 balls in play have been hit extremely hard, and the Braves make a lot of hard contact and just got back one of the best guys in baseball making hard contact in Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. So offensive advantage, starting pitching advantage. There's a bullpen advantage for Atlanta as well. I think minus 125 is a little cheap on this game. Surprised that the market actually bet this one down on the overnight. I disagree with that move. So I'll go in the face of it and take the Braves today. Uh, shameless plug for our show tomorrow. Adam and I are going to be on betting across America. I want to get into the baseballs with you a little bit more uh, when we have more time tomorrow because you mentioned that, that home runs are down. That lighter baseball, I've heard people in, in the game kind of complain you think this is by design or just kind of the happenstance here early in the year and maybe the numbers will equal out with all these? It kind of feels like a run on under so far. Right. So I think it will even out a little bit as the weather gets warmer. The major change that they made this season is that they put a humidor in all 30 MLB parks. So they're trying to standardize humidity with the baseball. Okay. But sometimes it makes it lighter. Sometimes it makes it a little bit heavier. Sometimes it compresses differently. All that depending on the atmosphere and the environment where the game is being played. So as it warms up, the ball will play differently than it does right now in the cooler conditions. So that is something, if you look at most of the lowest scoring teams in baseball, a lot of them are from the Midwest or the East Coast, Mm -hmm. colder areas, stuff like that. So I do think that that will kind of normalize a little bit. But uh, look, I just, I hope I'm, I hope I get one Atlanta team right here from this (laughs) segment, because obviously I botched it uh, with the Falcons in that trade that completely 
slipped my mind. There. I would just say that when you start talking aerodynamics, I, I failed physics in high school. It's the only class I ever failed, by the <laughs> way. So all this stuff is a little bit over my head. But, yeah, right now, runs clearly down in Major League Baseball. Uh, Adam, appreciate the time. As always, follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Skating Tripods. And you and me tomorrow for three hours. Yes, sir. Sounds Ready good. Looking forward to it. Uh, we'll even talk a little bit of UFC. I'm sure we'll sneak that in there tomorrow as well. Shameless plug, too. Check out the First Strike podcast. It's going to be up here shortly. Great information before you get to that fight card tomorrow. When we come back, Tim Doyle is going to join the program. Buckle up, America. Timmy D is coming on your screen next. Right here, my guys in the desert on VCD Sports Betting Network. Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zen Nicotine Pouches is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke free and spit free and are made with food grade ingredients. Simply open up the child resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams grams rather for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zinn anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zinn. Visit Zinn.com, that's Zinn.com, to learn more and to find Zinn nicotine pouches near you. Zinn nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 or older, who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back here, my guys in the desert, I am Dave Ross in for Stormy Brown and Tony today. And our next guest, you see him everywhere. CBS Sports, you see him on NBA TV, see him all across the country talking NBA. He's also a big horse guy. What you might not be able to see if you're listening here in VEASAN, hopefully you get the visual. Tim, is that a Larry Bird jersey that you're rocking? And are you... Are you smoking while you're doing it? Looks like you've been working out. What's going on with you? You know, it's not Zin, it's Zin. Like, if we're going to read the read, Dave, let's have it really pop, okay? Let's Zin. have it re- Zin. Zin. And like, hold that in, okay? Yes. WNBC, okay? <laughs> this is a fake cigarette, kids. If you want to smoke, who smokes? I'll tell you who smokes. My mom did during pregnancy, and that's why I stopped growing at 13 years old. You know, if she just would have put the cigarettes out, I would have been six foot eight, Dave. And now I'm not sitting in my mom's basement. Here's the deal. Yep. You're in Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. Like I put the jersey on, and then I put these on, and then I'm just I feel like I'm at a pool party. Like, mm, mm, okay, mm, yeah. Mm, I mm. see. I see that you got the hammer out. It's almost like you're here at Cir- Circus Sportsbook, where uh, Stadium Swim is amazing. You'd love it there. Let's talk about the jersey very quickly before we get to tonight's game. And that is the C's. I didn't see them sweeping away Brooklyn in four, okay? And now you move on. And you got Milwaukee. This feels like an Ollie Frazier heavyweight matchup here. No disrespect to Miami and Philly. We'll get to that in a second. But what do you make of that matchup with the C's against the defending reigning NBA champs? Well, you see Celtics are favorite in the series, and they should be. And it's just so interesting because Boston finished with the two seed. Milwaukee finished with the three seed. Let me take you back in time, okay? To April 10th, <laughs> where Milwaukee went out there and they lollygagged through a regular season game against the Cavaliers. Oh, we don't want to win this game. We would rather finish in the three spot to play the Bulls. Hmm. What did Boston do? They said, Memphis is in front of you? 
smacked them around. They got the two seed. Ha ha. So now Boston has home court advantage. Meanwhile, who would think that game meant anything? No Chris Middleton right now for the Bucs, who leads the NBA, Middleton does, in clutch points. Mm. Meaning last five minutes a game, if a team is trailing or leading within five points, he has the most points in the NBA. But isn't it ironic? April 10th, right? Dave, it's like 2,000 spoons. All you need is a knife. It's like meeting the man of your dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife. I love the I love the Celtics. And the, I am hammering Boston to win this series in five. What, in five, so you say. Okay, absolutely amazing. Uh, great song. Isn't it ironic? Let's talk about the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves tonight because this one could close out. We're seeing a lot of the money, a lot of the bets out here in Vegas, at least, coming in on Memphis. I know you love this Grizzlies team. Does it end tonight? And, you know, I normally don't like two-part questions. Who should Golden State be rooting for? Golden State should be rooting for the T-Wolves. T-Wolves are... An intriguing team. Anthony Edwards, if you haven't seen him play, experts, guys I respect, Isaiah Thomas, Steve Smith, guys I've worked with at NBA TV, predict that Anthony Edwards is going to be a future NBP. Hmm. And this is a weird series because the Grizzlies are up 3-2. They could be down 3-2, and heck, they could have won the series 4-1, and it should have been over. Really hard game to handicap. Memphis right now, if you want to jump in, is massive favorite to win this series. I'm going to bet the Grizzlies. Uh, the line, interesting enough, wow, going towards the Timberwolves earlier in the day, this was a line that favored Memphis. Mm-hmm. It's been back and forth, back and forth. I just, when I get something right, Dave, you know me, I stand on the mountaintop and scream. You do. Did I nail Ja Morant or did I nail Ja Morant? Yes, and you and I were in Chicago together during that draft. We both like Ja Morant, but I don't have kids. You have three. You said you were going to name one of your, your newborns after Ja Morant. Did you do that? I did not, but look oh. at this. Look at that right there, huh? Can you see that? Chicago little visual Joe. There? Chicago Joe. We got There's Chicago Joe in his first jersey, which is a John Moran jersey. <laughs> um, don't look too closely. It's actually called Moreau, but we got it on the black market. So don't. It's like it's my mom used. To, my mom used to buy Folos. Like we were so poor, <laughs> it was fake Polos. The horse was riding the guy. I was like, I can't wear this. She's like, it's still a Polo. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a Folo. I gotta wear a Folo. Hard game tonight. I think Grizzlies are going to win the series. I'm going to bet them tonight, and if they lose, I'm going to come back and bet them in game seven. Okay, if they do move on to take on Golden State, I don't know what that price is going to look oh. like, but are you ha- are you still going to stay on your Grizz at that point? I love the Grizzlies. Against oh. Golden State? Here's why. Who knocked out Golden State last year in the playing game, David, for 200? Oh, boy. Oh, Memphis. Correct. They match up well. It's yeah. a bad matchup. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., this is a credit to Carl Anthony Towns. He's been in foul trouble. Like every time we turn around, foul on Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> well, some say he's the best at guarding the pick and roll. So now you have a, a dominant big man on the defensive end. We all know Golden State doesn't have a dominant big man. And we got the John Morant-Steph Curry matchup. But then we got the Desmond Bain, Clay Thompson matchup. They match up extremely well with Golden State. And everybody's so excited about Golden State. That's the thing. They're overvalued. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody, oh, Clay Thompson, like. They're so like they're so excited. They're so excited. They're so scared. Like I would not lay 200 in this series, a series that Golden State does not have home court advantage. I think the Grizz have amazing value. The T Wolves have tested them, but they're going to end up winning the series. Cannot believe how many times you've tried to get your flexed muscles into the shot today. I want to talk about the Heat and the Sixers because this is an interesting series as well. I know you've been working out. The Heat, a solid favorite here against Joel Embiid. But, Timmy, I want to know this. Joel Embiid, right? He's not going to win MVP. Jokic's going to. 
But what about Embiid? How do you defend him if you're Miami? Good luck. You know, Bam Adebayo is an amazing defender, but Embiid's the second best offensive player in the NBA behind Durant. I think Jason Tatum's entering that conversation as well. But James Harden, I love James Harden. I'm totally biased. He made a video for my son he when did. he was going through open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing thing. And Dave, go through his rosters. There were some bad ones in Houston. This is the best team he's ever played with. And, you know, all the nerd numbers that guys dive into there in the desert, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> Wes Reynolds, right? They dive into, like, offensive efficiency, offensive rating. Number one Philadelphia is when they have Harden and Bead. Maxi and Harris. Number one, he's the best offensive team. So uh, the Heat are a bit banged up right now. Jimmy Buckets didn't go last series against the Hawks in one game. I, I think the 76ers not only win this series, they have the 76ers make the NBA Finals. Grizzlies, Whoa. Sixers Finals. Grizzlies, Sixers Finals. I will let it be known that you took an unadulterated shot at my partner, Wes Reynolds, and I will bring that up to Wes off air. Suns, Mavs, Luka, is he 100%? He looks like it almost a triple-double to close out Utah. What do you make of this matchup? Is there danger for the Suns who struggled against the Pellies? I, I like that bet there. I bet it's going to go seven, plus 200. I, I, I think here's the deal. I have Grizzlies t- futures, so I'm rooting for the Mavericks. I think that's a better matchup. I think Dallas's defense has just been outstanding. You know, they kind of embarrassed Utah in that series. Think about it. There was a stretch in December, David, where Utah had three different games where they made 20-plus threes. Where did that offense go? And right. you got to credit the Mavericks' defense. Um, I think home court advantage could end up being the difference. Uh, I think this is a, a very lengthy series, which could be good because the Grizzlies you know, take care of business in six games. Um, but I think this is a toss-up. I think this is going seven. I think the Suns win in seven. Mom calls me David. You don't have to call me David. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Tim Doyle, double zero, as I do. Uh, very quickly, a couple other points here in the last 90 seconds. Timmy, I know that you're a big Kentucky Derby guy. Do you have anything for me? You know me. We go to the track together. I just give you my money, and then normally it's gone. Do you have any early look-aheads here to the Derby and tell me to not just bet blindly horse number two? Do you have any insight there? I, I have no insight. Nothing you know, yet. But it brings me back to a story, right, David? Where we were at Arlington Park and we had a double going for big score. Big score. And I, the horse broke dead last. And I said, Dave, this goes 45 to the half. We're home free. Horse I, dead I don't know last. what that means. 45 seconds, half mile. What so up? 45 flashes up on the clock. I go, race is over. We're a winner, right? I start running around the track. Dave, is this all true? All true. This, okay. this actually happened. People were looking at you like, what is this madman shouting about? So the one circles the field. Takes the lead in the stretch, and then all of a sudden the, f- the four comes. Oh no, ding dong to the wire. Four one, four one, four one, hit the wire. Four caught us at the wire. And I said, That's, that's horse what, racing. That's Is that, you know what? I did that last night. I bet the Pelicans, Chris Paul goes 14 of 14 from the field. You know what I said, Dave? That's, that's basketball. Gambling. That's gambling. <laughs> that's basketball. Timmy, you, you look great. Take Suze and the kids out tonight. Have a nice night of the town out there in Chicago. There he is, America. Tim Doyle, the one and only. Stop flexing. When we come back, Ben Wilson's going to join the program. Come back. It's My Guys in the Desert right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. 
and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and Kentucky Derby betting guide. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Back here, my guys, in the desert. I'm Dave Ross in for Stormy today. Ben Wilson, you know, Ben, this is the first time you and I have ever done a show together. It's amazing. We, we talk all the time. We see We're each other. We're great friends. We're great friends. We see each other around the decent <laughs> uh, places, if you will, Circa and South Point. But yet, finally, we get to do a show together. Here we so go. this might be television history. I mentioned in the read there, <laughs> yeah, I think so. USFL. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get to the NFL draft in a second. But I told you this before we started the show. I have not seen. I've seen. I'll flip around, watch a little bit. Yeah. How in the world have you been able to to navigate the USFL waters here early on? Because I know yeah. you've got some best bets, and it's it, been it, profitable. Yeah. You can still make some good change with people maybe not paying that much attention to right. it. Right. Like, it's not been easy, and I just say that literally. Like, try to sit through a three-hour <laughs> USFL game. Like, there's nobody in the stands. There are videos coming out of guys. Uh, we saw Tim Doyle faking the cigarettes. You're right. There, there were literally guys smoking cigarettes <laughs> at practice. I mean, that's the USFL right now. Like there have been, and it's there have been some kind of ugly behind the scenes stuff too. Like apparently, first weeks of paychecks were late oh, for these guys. We've which, heard stories which of leagues we, of we, uh, that's failed not, leagues of the past. Yes, usually a harbinger of, of bad things. But here is the thing: like your talent pool is is super limited. And at least for me, like I've I've really tried to hone in on these teams who have. Not like rosters with not the flashiest players, but rosters okay. that are deep and who have guys who have experience playing in these in these smaller leagues. Say guys who had success in the XFL before mm-hmm. it shut down. Guys who have been like in NFL training camps and also coaches too, who at least have some uh, experience here. But like, and you see with the totals, nothing has really changed since we, we did our segment last Super week. Super low totals. Like the offense is just not there. Yeah. Really sloppy play all 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 around. And so to me, like you got to be really patient. You got to pick your spots. And a lot of it for me is looking at. Looking at these teams where I'm not really a fan of the, the roster construction and there's ba- like teams who basically do one thing well and right. are not really well balanced. That is kind of the, the spot I look at. Um, the bookmakers, and it's what's weird is the handle's been horrible on these. Nobody's betting these right. games. So it's not, you know, there's been an adjustment from the bookmakers here through two weeks. However, it's not like <laughs> you're sitting there and it's like these things are just being, these lines are being chiseled like a rock over a week's period. Right. It's just not happening. The limits are super low and nobody's betting them, especially a week like this where you have the NFL draft overshadowing everything USFL related. So if I'm tailing your pick and you got one play today that you like <laughs> in the USFL or this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, yep. what do you like this weekend? If you Your best bet, if you will. Let's let's go to, to tomorrow. Okay. Bandits, gamblers. I will just point okay. out, last week we faded, uh, we faded Jeff Fisher's Michigan Panthers. <laughs> And uh, we got there with the New Jersey Generals. I'll be able to tell my grandkids something. I, I won a bet with the New Jersey Generals. Uh, <laughs> 10-6, they win. So, kind of, I mean, a similar handicap here where the gamblers, who they're 1-1. One one. They beat Jeff Fisher's awful Michigan Panthers. Mm-hmm. Lost last week, coached by Kevin Sumlin. And this is kind of the quintessential team where they have been uber sloppy. They had three turnovers last week. They're like, a solid running game. They have the USFL's leading rusher so far. But uh, Clayton Thorson, their quarterback, yep. people recognize, former Northwestern yep. guy. It's it's been a struggle though, and they they haven't been able to move the ball much outside of on the ground facing the Tampa Bay Bandits, who at least to me, and they looked 
horrific last week. They lost 34-3 to New Orleans. Uh, it was bad. But there is, a, there is a reason here why the bandit ball team uh, of, of today, not of the 85. No, the Steve USFL, Spurrier was not that of, Not of Steve that, Spurrier. Yeah, not, you know, not, not Burt. You know, not, not Burt. <laughs> this team is favored by a point and a half because they are, no, they are more well-rounded and they have a quarterback in Jordan Ta'amu who kind of like, he is a guy who fits the bill of what I look for in wanting to, to back and bet on teams in the USFL. Like okay. a guy with XFL pedigree who mm-hmm. played really well, dual threat option. They're one of those teams, though, that like they're a really good front-running team. When they get down, and we saw this last week, yeah. it can just be an absolute avalanche because of the fact that like their their defense is okay, but they're very high variance. So they're going to go for turnovers. They don't get them. They can. They're prone to giving up drives. So to me, like this matchup works perfectly in their favor this week because you have a sloppily coached, just sloppy in general team yeah. who can run the ball well, but. Tampa Bay, third best rushing defense so far in, in the USFL this season. So we're I like, with the Bandits. I like the, I like the bounce back for the Bandits this year. And I, I'm just not a believer. From what I've watched, like this gambler team, it's just brutal. I'll tell you this. Brutal. I'm playing the Bandits minus point and a half. You, you have me sold. And by the way, I love That's the nostalgic. <laughs> I love the nostalgia you just brought out there with the USFL because I watched the original USFL. Yeah. And like when you talk about the Michigan Panthers, I think Bobby Abair and Anthony Carter from, from Michigan. And they were actually exciting to watch this incarnation of Jeff Fisher and company, not so much here. But again, Ben's play for this weekend, take the bandits, lay the point and a half against the gamblers. All right, let's get to the NFL draft because obviously it's here in Sin City. It's been wild if you've been out and about here. Certainly, we've seen the influx of everybody here. A lot of excitement abounds. Is there anything that that better should avoid from what you took away from the first round of the NFL draft? I think my big, like we're always trying to learn new things here because for as much as the NFL draft has been such a boon for betters, like this year was definitely hard. It's not like we were all walking around. Like it was like, we weren't repeating Matt Brown's uh, 17 and one, you know, draft bet record from, from last year. Very difficult. I think the one thing that tripped up a lot of us was kind of falling in love with these, especially in the first round, these betting the team to draft X, position and sure like you know the green green bay packers were a classic thing and people wide like I'm, you know i'm from wisconsin people are always like oh like packers how do they not draft it's a wide receiver? Be a receiver like you cannot a lot of these front offices you cannot trust and even sure we talk all the time of it is totally fine in the nfl draft to kind of chase steam with these guys like Jarek stingley the, the best example probably from the first round goes from 13 and a half all the way you know down to being a favorite to, to be selected third overall and that happens that's totally okay but the steam on some of these these teams to draft a first position, especially when like the pool there is so big of positions, sure. it's not like they're going to be looking at you know it's not like when you're picking an actual player where you're going on an over under, and also too for the you look at you know on this this list here and some of these teams who had multiple first round picks and multiple high first round picks, right? Trying to handicap like the order here. Man. I mean, look like what the Giants did, and I know a lot of people were on you know, Giants to draft an offensive player, even money. That's not even a position. That's just that's right. just a side of the ball, and even there, you couldn't get there. So that's one of those things I have found myself since since we started betting on the draft a few years ago, Dave. That's the one area where I've really laid off, and I'm, I'm just not betting those anymore. I'm I'm really focusing more on either uh, round totals by position or specific over-unders uh, by position as well. And kind of seeing how, like, my curiosity now for tonight is how what we see, like, some of those wide receiver runs, like yesterday, how that carries over. And if we could bet, because we can't here, but there are certain spots I'd be looking at for tonight in, uh, in round two. No question about it. And you make a great point that, you know, early on you could have got the over-under for receivers at five and a half, and then once that got hit, it went up to six, six and a half. Mm-hmm. So there was a middle opportunity. It shows you that the books have adjusted here. And they're certainly uh, following how people are betting it. So I think it's really good advice, though, trying to guess which team and position they're going to go. That might be a, a tough way to go for years to come. Very quickly, 
because I look at those futures and I go like, you know, the Cowboys before the draft minus dollar twenty five to win the East, and then I look at the rest of the draft, like the Giants draft, mm-hmm. and like what the Eagles did getting AJ Brown, like what the Commanders did. I thought they had a good draft day uh, trading down. Does that change your opinion after one round of the draft when you look at the futures market or kind of wait, let's see how camps look and maybe not fire away too yeah, soon? Yeah, I'm, I'm generally more of a futures skeptic at this point. And none of the Super Bowl odds even change. Like, you'll see very small. Right, things, the Eagles were the adjusted. only one that made the big jump yeah. with from 45 uh, to 35 to 1 because yeah, of the A.J. Brown news. Right, and that's basically it. So, no, I'm, I'm not lo- really looking at that at all. And, I like, this will kind of end, you know, the NFL has basically turned themselves into this 365-day year where you go from – and the Super Bowl, like on our show, I mean, every day, basically. It's amazing. You know, I mean, you, you experience this. We're talking from free agency into draft. So fi- I think things will kind of simmer and settle down now. I'm not really interested in, I've never been in that position of, all right, immediately post-draft getting into this, unless yeah. there is a potential huge blockbuster that you can see maybe on the horizon. And it didn't feel like it because it wasn't a quarterback-heavy draft with only right. Kenny Pickett going the first round. It doesn't feel like there's, you know, a line mover for a team total from this first round. And certainly... I, it's not if it didn't happen in day one. It's not going to happen in right. day two and day three. Uh, very quickly, just have about a minute to go here. I know you have a lean in game one of the Bucks and Celtics. What do you like there? Uh, under two eighteen and a half in in that game. Oh, look, Bucks Bulls. All five games go under. You have a Celtics team just playing stifling defense, and I, I expect for both of these teams, it is in a game one, not like a feel out process necessarily, Dave, sure. but it is such a different like feel and just to get used to that new defensive scheme. Bucks without Chris Middleton. I'm not as concerned, like as Tim Doyle about is about the Bucks being able to hold up there. But for a game one under, I'm I would expect by the time we get to game four, game five of the series, your totals are going to be like 209, 210. That that's it. It's a high total for two teams that have been really, really good defensively. And Bucks without uh, one of their key offensive guys too. I don't know if we made television history, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I had a lot. It's great having you. I don't know. Got to follow him at Ben underscore Wilson <laughs> underscore one. He is the Ben man, Wilson. Dave. Ben, great having you on. I want to thank Tim Doyle, Adam Burke for joining me as well on My Guys in the Desert right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.